bright idea was it to start a podcast? <laughs> I have no idea. A couple of nerds? I, I don't know. Well, I'm not an expert. I'm not an authority. I'm someone who has been a murderer for almost 20 years. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. People say Ted Bundy didn't show any emotion. There must be something in that. I showed emotion. You know what people said? See, you really can't get violent and angry. Welcome to The Squonk and the Hag, a podcast about murder, mystery, the supernatural, and even a conspiracy or two. Dun, dun, dun. My name is Mo. And I'm Kraken. And today we actually have a spookier story about the Bell Witch. So this takes place down in Adams, Tennessee, which is not far from the Kentucky border. In 2020, the census of Adams had a population of 624 people. I'm pretty sure that's how many people were in my graduating high school class. Yeah, it ain't a very big town. No, it's not. One of those things where, like, something happens, like, everyone's gonna know before long. I don't even, yeah, like, I'm pretty sure everyone's gonna know instantly. They're probably gonna see it from their window. <laughs> probably. Like, you tripped yesterday. I saw that. <laughs> so. You saw that? Who else saw that? Everyone did. Everyone did. It's teeny tiny little itty bitty place. But. There is a legend in the area from the early 19th century, long, long before it was even called Adams. A little bit of history, and I will say I forgot to mention this at the very beginning. I wanted to say a huge, huge thank you to our friend Allie. Our friend Allison is a school teacher and loves research, and she loves true crime and supernatural spooky stuff. And we basically have an in-house historian. We do have an in-house historian, and she has been helping us out with a ton of research on a bunch of stories. She is a huge fan of historical true crime, as well as uh, The Bell Witch. She already knew quite a bit about the story and was really excited about it. So a huge thank you to Allie for helping us out and being our researcher on this story. So Thank you, Allie. Yes, Allie's the beast. Yes. Don't tell her we said that, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's not allowed to know. I think she's our, like, one listener. Her and Probably. Tay. We have, we have two listeners. Allie and Tay. After the French and Indian Wars, King George III signed the Proclamation of 1763, which prohibited white settlement west of the Appalachian Mountains. This was done after a pan-tribal committee came to demand protection for their lands. So you think about back in the 1700s, it was still, you know, colonizing America. And they were taking the land of these native tribes. So the... And understandably, they ain't too happy about that. Well, yeah. They demanded protection for their lands or they would continue to attack and capture British forts. They're like, you take our land, we're going to kill you. Okay, bye. You want our land? Okay, fair trade. I'll take your fort. <laughs> This is a very nice fort. I have a place to put my like knickknacks over here. Maybe some scalps. All over of my on that pottery, my sculptures. But yeah, I they they obviously um, I we I know our 
our go-to defense mechanism is humor. But it was a truly terrible time. And honestly, uh, what was done to the Native people was just horrendous and terrible. So I do not blame them for wanting to not only protect their land, protect their families, but also to lash out. Like, I would too. Oh, I'm a weenie, but Mm -hmm. I live in Weenie Head Jr. If, if, If I was a really cool old school native american warrior i would lash out. and that is a big if yeah i'm squishy they they signed the proclamation which said all right guys we're not going to go past the appalachian mountains but it only helped kind of calm things down a little bit there was still a lot of tension because a lot of white settlers felt entitled those lands they're like hey no no this is our new country that's ours that was rude yeah yeah the uh the 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 settlers back then were kind of jerks so this proclamation still kind of jerks i mean yeah i think it's part of humanity it's kind of coded into our dna anyway (laughs) this proclamation was something that the founding fathers hated and it was actually one of the many catalysts that led to them declaring independence. So this was before America was America. After the British lost the American Revolution, the proclamation of 1763 was declared null and void, and white settlers began moving west, past the Appalachians, and as we know to this day, all the way out to the West Coast. So 1804, John Bell and his family moved to Tennessee. They were originally from North Carolina. And that is where John was reportedly a prosperous landowner and a slave owner. It's not really known why he moved the family. However, they did. And they quickly settled on a thousand acres (laughs) Near the Red River upon arrival. Yeah, so just a small plot. Got it. Yeah, just, just a little small, quiet place. Yeah. They were near the Red River. Uh, his wife, her name is Lucy, and seven of their children, uh, plus uh, a few slaves, all moved to this 1,000-acre area in Tennessee. They quickly established themselves and became prominent community members the Red River Primitive Baptist Church is the center of the community. You know, you have to think about back that time. Everybody was pretty religious. And in yeah. this area, they were very pious, very religious community and very superstitious. So before anything happened in this story, there were reports of a man named James Smith being accused of being a witch, and he was subsequently murdered. Not you, got, you know, I, I I love reading stories about like how they did their I guess tests for if to see if you are a witch or not. Like basically, it's like the person's gonna die one way or another, whether they are a witch or not. They're either so gonna like, die from the test, or they're gonna die because they have, they didn't. Yeah, pass. like there was there was one that was something like they tie your feet to a boulder and like push it off into a lake or something like that, and it's like if he's a witch, he will rescue himself. And then if they, and then they never usually never surfaced, so it's like 
Well, I guess he wasn't a witch. Oh, well, let's go home. <laughs> yeah, it like I've heard so many so many stories like that. Or like where they would burn them alive and they're like, well, if you're a witch, you can just stop the fire. You can just you can stop this anytime you want to go on, witch. Do it. Do, do your Harry Potter. You will notice that I said he was murdered, not that he was tried, convicted and executed. So it was, uh, hey, you're a witch. Die. And isn't that usually how it goes anyway? Yeah, pretty much. So this is, this is part of the explanation as to why when things started happening with John Bell and his family, he tried to keep it under wraps because he didn't want to get accused of being a witch or have someone in his family being accused of being a witch. And the troubles started in 1817. So they moved there 1804. 17 minus 4 is 13, right? Yeah, so 13 years You're later. You're asking me to do math? Me, of all people. <laughs> I mean, it's simple math. I think it's 13. 13 years later, and some people are very superstitious to this day and think that 13 is an unlucky number. So maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Same with people are very religious. 666 is, ter is a terrible number, too, or, or 6 in general. Yeah, but if you've seen that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, it was upside down. And it's nine nine nine. What Fair is it? enough. Uh, not end of days. Is that what it's called? It has like you're, you're asking me, and... someone who apparently lives under a rock and has not seen movies. Yeah, you've never seen If any they've movies. seen this movie, I know. I know. All right. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the movie with him, Terminator. Yeah, sure. Yes, in Terminator, they talked about six six six. So perfect. the first signs of trouble originated outside of the Bell home. The slaves began reporting strange animals around the property and something called dead man's candles, which are now also known as will-o'-wisps or ghost lights. One day, John was in the cornfield and he thought he saw a dog. He's like, oh, it's a dog. But then he realized that something was really not right here. It had the body of a dog, but the head of a rabbit. Okay, then. Um, Peter Cottontail's been hitting the gym. <laughs> so he, uh, you know, it was back in the day, not the Wild West, but, you know, you're out in, out in the fields fending for yourselves, natives around, etc. So he had his gun on him. I'm assuming it was a type of rifle, but I'm not 100% sure. And he Back fired... they probably muskets were the popular thing, I would assume. But yeah, it's not like a, a pistol or a handgun. It was probably nah. like a... Or a shotgun. Yeah, like it was like a two-handed a two-handed weapon. I play too many video games. So... I mean, same. <laughs> so he fired twice, and the animal was completely unfazed. And then it just, like, walked back into the woods. One of Bell's sons also reported seeing an abnormally large bird. I'm not, you know, is it like a, is it just like a buzzard that they didn't know? Or is it actually like a... That, that makes you wonder, too, like, where a lot of stories of these creatures and stuff come from. is people that just are just seeing these species that haven't been discovered yet. Yeah. Hey, what if it was a no pterodactyl? 
I, I, I don't think you know. You know, it was a ter- it was a pterodactyl. It was a pterodactyl. That's it. You, you solved the case. I'm good at that. So Elizabeth is one of the daughters, and she went by Betsy, but her actual name was Elizabeth. And she said that she saw a girl hanging from a tree. And I'm not talking, like, by her arms. As much as I hate to say it, like, I feel like for the time period, I don't feel like that's an uncommon occurrence. Well, what is uncommon is that when she tried to go get help and they came back, the girl was gone. All right, time to move. I mean, I guess it's probably not that easy to pick up a thousand acres and move. No, but if something like that happens, you can bet I'm gone. True. Same. So these weird, bizarre instances occurred for several months. You know, they would see some things and then suddenly a loud knocking started. So one night, the whole family was startled by a loud knocking at all of the windows and all of the doors. John and the family checked for anybody. Maybe it was a prank and, you know, a whole bunch of people came up and like, oh, knock, knock, knock. Nobody there. Nobody there whatsoever. And unfortunately, this knocking became a regular occurrence. John rationalized that whatever was happening was outside the house, so they were safe inside. It's weird, it's crazy, annoying, but they would they're fine. It's all they outside. never stop they they never stopped to consider that the ghosts were in the house knocking trying to get out. Wait, is that is that is that a thing? Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm just saying, you said they, they assumed they were safe inside the house because it was coming from outside the house. How did they know it was coming from outside the house? It's just knocking. True. You can True. knock inside a house. Well, it was... Okay, so you know... You know when you're, like, in the house and there's a knock at the door or a knock okay, on the window? Kind of you're like, oh, that's from outside. Like, it has a different sound when it's inside. Fair enough. So, not too long after that, the knocking moved inside the house. There it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel like if you're dealing with a ghost or a witch or some sort of supernatural creature, they don't care about doors, except for vampires. You have to invite them in. They don't care about doors unless you have salt. Yeah. Okay, so... This is how my brain works. Does it have to be pure salt or could it be salt mixture? Like, you know how sometimes you get those packets where it's salt and pepper mixed together so you only have to sprinkle one thing? I mean, probably they would just look at the salt as long as it's like a straight line and it's like the salt isn't like broken apart too much, I I guess. Now, would something like garlic salt work? I mean, it would work on vampires, but like, because it's still salt, but it's not. It's like I'm I'm assuming it's still it's still like uh how much salt is in it. And if it's not like a complete solid line of salt, then it's not gonna work. Hmm. If there's too much garlic in it, not enough salt, then it ain't gonna work. Okay. Just cause I 
Just checking. you, you salt in your window sills and your uh, your door your doorways now. Not yet, but you know, if I ever After need this, to, yeah. I need to make sure mm -hmm. because, like, yeah, we have salt, but we don't have that much salt. So, are there alternatives that I can use? Possibly, I would stick with just regular salt to be safe if I was actually going to try to do that. But what happens if I run out? And like, Good I luck. still have, yeah. So, like, I run out. I have the room, and there's like a little bit left. Can I dump a thing of garlic salt there and be safe? Or, I mean, if you're out of salt and all you have is garlic salt, I, and and you were felt that threatened, yeah. I mean, no, I would try it. <laughs> okay, I like to be prepared. All right, if you so like to be prepared. Just buy several boxes of salt. Mm, but then I have to store it. That'd be fine. <laughs> So the knocking moved inside the house, and it could be heard every night when the family tried to go to bed. The children began reporting sounds of rats chewing on their bedposts, but there was no sign of damage. That is very descriptive. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would know what a rat chewing on a bedpost sounds like. I would have... Well, I mean... With no external sounds, you know, there's no machinery, no cars, nothing like that. Like, you could hear a pin drop in those houses at night. Yeah. I guess you kind of learn what stuff sounds like, but I would just be like, there's some sort of scratching noise in my room. Yeah, unless maybe they heard, like, the little, like, they make the little squealy noises. Like, the little yeah. chattery. I don't know. Uh, also, sometimes you could hear chains throughout the house in addition to choking sounds. Now, I don't know... Uh, the classic Scooby-Doo case of the whole uh, bedsheet chain-rattling ghost. Got it. Yeah. Well, I don't know when they say choking sounds, because I, I, I've seen this, because I did a little research on this, too. If it means the sound of someone getting something stuck in their throat and choking, or the sound of someone having hands around their throat, or a rope around their throat choking them from the outside because those are two different Good sounds because like if you get something stuck in your throat it's kind of like a, a gaggy yeah <laughs> a gaggy kind of cough kind of yeah whereas if you are being strangled it's gonna be a no stop strangling me um, um i hope you don't know from experience because um you, you seem to know that these two sounds are very different i'm a little concerned <laughs> No, I've never, no, but like, I've watched a lot of TV. And, Fair enough. Th and this is like, true. true. True crime shows are a thing. So well, yeah. yeah, and the other thing is when you're having something compressed on the outside of your throat, it is just closing your windpipes. Whereas if you have something stuck in there, usually food, you're going to have a food sound in there. Ah, uh, yes, it sounds like mashed potatoes. You're not going to choke on mashed potatoes. You're going to choke on like something like hard, like a chunk of apple or... Ah, uh, yes. You... It sounds like whole potato. You would eat a whole potato. All right. Um, I just got completely off track there. All right. So family members had their blankets pulled off of them in the night, but there was no one there. Like they were just sleeping. And they stayed in this house? On. And they stayed in this house. And on top of all of that, 
there were whispers. Because, you know, when I'm walking around a silent house, I like hearing something whisper. I hear something whisper. The the next thing I respond to that whispering is, here are the keys. Enjoy. (laughs) Uh, So the whispers were mostly unintelligible. But sometimes you could make out the words of different hymns. Uh, So I don't... That kind of scares me even more because it's if it's a if it's a demon, it wouldn't be singing a hymn. Yeah, but this is a witch. True. That's why it's called the. But Bell still, witch. I think witches kind of work the same way, though. I thought. I mm. thought it was like anything like that. Anything religious was just like not good for them. Well, witches. I don't think so, because, well, the only thing is they usually, so Wicca is a a religion in its own, so you wouldn't be multiple religions, like. Yeah, fair enough. You know, you don't have people going around, hi, I'm a Christian Buddhist. I mean, I think that probably exists, but. I'm sure there's something like that. Yeah, so maybe there's a Wiccan who used to be Christian, knows the hymns. And it's like, you know what would scare these people? I'm using your music against you. <laughs> uh, so, all of this frustrating, annoying, making it hard to sleep. But nothing violent was happening. Aside from having your blankets ripped off of you in the middle of the night, because that would give me a heart attack. They're, they're specifically waiting for it to get violent before they leave. I feel like that's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, it was a very bad idea because soon two of the family members became targets of invisible attacks. Uh, Betsy, the one who saw the girl hanging from the tree, was one of the focuses of this invisible force. She, She started being physically attacked and would often be covered in scratches and welts. Her hair would be pulled, she would be slapped, pinched, and stuck with pins. Which Yeah, that's um that's some voodoo stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the slapping and pitching, I would be like, this is annoying, but you put pins in me and I'm I'm out. Uh no, the other see, like the pins, if that's described like the whole, you know, the pins and needles feeling like whenever your foot's asleep, like if it's something like that, like if it was that kind of feeling, I would be like, huh, my foot's been doing a weird thing. That's not what it feels like to get stuck with a pin. Yeah, this, no, they're talking I about am literally talking. having a pin stuck yeah. into you. Yeah. I, I am talking from experience because I do so. And I have oh, oh, yeah, I know. stuck myself with pins and needles many, many times. And it Same. is not pleasant, especially if it's in like your fingertips, mm-hmm. which is usually where you get them when you sew. So, like, in, if it was, like, in your arm, it would hurt. It would hurt and it would suck. But if you go somewhere that's more delicate, like um, anything in your hand, you know, the palm of your hand where it's softer and um, the skin is, like, basically, the there's not a lot of meat there. So you, you got a lot yeah. of, like, veins and bones and... Um, nerves. Yeah. A lot of nerves. A lot of nerves. Yeah. Uh, the other children 
also experienced some of these attacks, but Betsy got the worst of it. And also her father, John, he began experiencing trouble eating and speaking. He reported that it felt as if his tongue had become stiff and there was something lodged in his mouth. And this went on for almost a year. And the attacks got more violent. And finally, John reached out to his very dear friend, who was the local pastor, James Johnston. Johnston and his wife came to stay with the family and were awoken by their bed covers being ripped off and an invisible source slapping him in the face. Now, um, could be a case of like, you know, sleepover prank. Hey, yo, Mr. Johnston fell asleep first. Let's get him. (laughs) So the pastor leapt from the bed and demanded, demanded that the spirit explain what they were doing in the house. But nothing responded and the rest of the night was peaceful. It was just quiet night. Sleepy sleep. So the following day, Johnston told John Bell that whatever was in the place was most likely an evil spirit. And suddenly a voice rang out, seeming to answer the question that Johnston had asked the night before. I am a spirit. I once was very happy, but I have been disturbed and made unhappy. I am the spirit of a person who was buried in the woods nearby and the grave was disturbed. Don't go disturbing graves. Got it. Well, I feel like I know, I know they're an unhappy spirit, but they could have used some manners like, hi, hello, I am the spirit. A kind note on the fridge, just like, hey, you you knocked over a rock on my grave. Could you please put that back? Yeah. Instead of like harassing the family for a year, just be like, hi. Okay. now, Now think about it this way. If you're a spirit and you're sleeping peacefully, like you're dead asleep, you're having the best sleep you've ever gotten, suddenly someone shakes you awake, you're going to be a little angry. So like, it's understandable you go around slapping people. I guess. Imagine like, if someone woke you up at 2 a.m. right after you just went to sleep. Yeah, and I get very grumpy, I get very moody, I get very nasty looks, but I don't beat people up, I don't stab them with pins. Fair. I'm sure there's some people like that. <laughs> so from this point on, the entity tormenting the family just became pretty much verbally abusive. She would, uh, you know, now she was talking and would verbally assault them and uh, continue all of the antics. And now the community knew. Betsy's close friends found out what was happening, and soon the story of the Bell Witch spread like wildfire. People from all over would come to their house to see for themselves. The visitors would ask the spirit questions, and it was through the bizarre replies to these questions that the spirit came to be called a witch and 
her name is Kate. She has a name. Okay, so why do I feel like if there's a spirit in your house and it can actually like speak in full sentences and you can just hear it like just insulting you all the time, why can't I just see me being sort of okay with that and just walking around the house like, yeah, 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 at least I'm not dead. Look, I'm enjoying this nice steak. Bet you wish you could have this too, you nerd. <laughs> I feel like it's a bad idea to call the witch a nerd. You know I would do it, though. I do know. I fight, do know. Fight me IRL, Donna. Her name's Kate. Fight me IRL, Kate. <laughs> so, Kate would give all sorts of reasons for why she was haunting the Bell home. At times, she stuck to the disturbed grave story. She claimed that the house uh, was on top of one of her teeth. Like, you know, her teeth are buried under the house. Other times, she claimed that there was a buried treasure or that she was a child that was buried in North Carolina, where they came from. One day, she declared, I am old Kate Batts. So she went from being a child to being old, I guess. And then she said that she was there to torment old Jack Bell because she had promised to on her deathbed. Now, I will remind you, the dad's name is John. You, you ever Jack. think a spirit like goes through the phone book and is like, yeah, that's the guy that betrayed me. It was Jack. I'm sure of it. And then she actually had John. Yeah. Except I don't think they had phone booths back then, or not phone books, phone books back then, because they didn't like have the spiritual phones. phone book. You know, you die, you go, you get like oh. a big list. Everybody on earth, you're like, hmm, who do you want to? Hey, haunt? I've seen Beetlejuice. All right, so have you seen that movie? I know you haven't seen movies. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll forgive you. So according to Kate, she and John, because now he's John again, had made a business deal, and he somehow tricked her. The problem with all of this is that Kate Batts was still alive. <laughs> I feel like, you know, maybe when you die, you start to have like some memory problems. And you forget and who she, you they're, are? They're trying to figure out. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, all right, I'm not that person. They're still alive. Right. Who am I? <laughs> maybe. But the name Kate stuck. And that apparently really pissed off the real Kate Bats. But the one thing that was absolutely sure, no one could deny that Kate hated John Bell. And things for John just kind of went downhill in general. In 1818, he was excommunicated from his church. And I should have looked this word up. Um, oh, okay. So he, it was supposedly for usury. I had to look up the pronunciation. But that is the illegal action or practice of lending money at an unreasonably high rate of interest. That's what God had expected. That seems very specific. Hmm? That's very specific. Yeah, but many believed that that was just the excuse given, and it was actually due to the witch's presence in the house. 
Okay, so like if you're a church organization, um, and someone's being haunted by a witch, do you not feel that like the safest place for this man to be is in a church? Why would you kick him out? Because he was lending money at an unreasonably high rate of interest. Was it proved, though? I mean, according to the supposed witch, yes, but was it proved that he did? I don't think the witch is the one that he was lending money to that... I would start asking the witch to get a lawyer for uh, for a defamation lawsuit. It was, it was for other people. Anyway, um, his health was failing. The issues with his tongue continued. He would go through spells of not being able to eat or speak at all. And then he eventually started having fits where his body would spasm and his face would contort. And the the sons... Like, oh. jokes aside, does that not sound like a stroke to you? We'll go over what that sounds like afterward, after we go through the story. Because I did a little digging... And there's a scientist who looked into this. Uh, so the sons started taking over more of the farm because uh, the father's health just declined over the years. And while that's all happening, Kate mocks him and relishes in his misfortune. I mean, she hates him, so it does make sense. Yeah, yeah it's understandable. Uh, so Betsy also continued to suffer. So she was the basically second in line of the abuse. Uh, she had tried on and off uh, sleeping over at friends' houses, but Kate followed her everywhere she went. And she was engaged to her childhood beau. I love I loved that time period where I had a beau. Uh, mm -hmm. But she had to break off the engagement because Kate disapproved. Like, this this witch was ruining her life. Um, they tried to stick it out, but the longer they stayed together, the worse Kate's abuse got. Now, occasionally, Kate was helpful. She apparently loved Lucy. You know, I love Lucy. Uh, the, who Wonderful. John's wife and treated her and the youngest child very well. In 1820, Lucy developed a lung infection that made her deathly ill. And Kate told the family the remedy. And Lucy recovered. She made a full recovery. But Kate's helpfulness was short-lived. By the end of 1820, John was just in terrible shape. Uh, he was bedridden at times, and he was so weak and ill because he, he couldn't eat, and he was having these spasms, and it just kept getting worse. By November, he, he seemed to be doing a little bit better, and he was trying to help the boys with the farm, but by December, he was bedridden again. And then on December 19th, he slipped into a coma. Oof. The family was dismayed at his condition. I wonder why. Oh, I don't know. 
dad upstairs. I, I have no idea. Uh, so then on that day, they noticed a strange medicinal vial next to his bed. And in the bottle was a mysterious dark liquid, but it could be anything. Now, I will say this next part is very upsetting to me. Yeah. Lucy gave some of the liquid to a cat and it died almost immediately. So I have a question about that. Why do you find a bottle of an unknown dark liquid? You just decide it's a good idea to give it to the family pet. Hey. Who who thought that was a good idea? Seriously, like they are not true pet owners, because if I found something like that, I would drink it, not the cat. I, I don't know. I wouldn't even drink it. I would be like, hmm, what is this? I need to see if anyone knows what this is. I'm not going to drink it. Yeah. Like, I yeah, I'm, I'm known for, like, doing weird and chaotic things, but I'm not going to actually drink the forbidden juice. Well, what I'm saying is I would drink it before I would let the cats drink it. Yeah. Not that I would just be like, oh, what's this? <laughs> I mean, that's honestly me. Fair. Um. So... When that happened, they threw the rest of the bottle into the fireplace, and the flames flashed blue. At this point, Kate laughed and sang gleefully that she had fixed old Jack Bill. She admitted that she gave John what was in the bottle, but would not divulge the contents. However, a day or two later, he was dead. It said that Kate crashed his funeral laughing hysterically and singing vulgar songs so um <clears throat> i feel like this was all john's fault at this point because like if the if the spirit gave him the liquid and he drank it willingly that's kind of on him because if i if there's a spirit in my house who's mocking me and says they want to kill me and they give me this mysterious dark liquid and, and won't tell me what it is and they say you know just drink it it'll be fine i'm probably not gonna drink it yeah yeah um especially when the spirit had repeatedly said i'm gonna kill you yeah like yeah. i feel like you, yeah. you kind of ask for it at that point <laughs> so kate remained with the family for a few months but then announced that she would return in seven years. I guess she wanted a vacay. And just like that, she was gone. The house was quiet again. And this was after almost four years of this. I can't imagine doing four years of that nonsense. I wouldn't have lasted four days. I wouldn't have lasted a day. I know. So some of the children got married and left, including Betsy, while some of the boys stayed to help the mother with the farm. But then, as promised, February of 1828, the knocking began again. And eventually Kate began to speak again. And things were just like they were seven years prior. The difference is... Kate would not stick around for long. She decided to return in 100 years and visit the Bell descendants. And just like that, she was gone again. The legend continued 
with many wondering who or what had plagued the family and killed John Bell. Many wondered if the children had faked the whole thing. Uh, there were rumors that Betsy had learned ventriloquism and was Kate the whole time. However, it doesn't really explain, you know, why they would do this. The, the it family, was just like one of those things. It's like we we would like the attention, please. Yeah, but they didn't gain anything from it. Um, you Fair. know, they were they were kind of pushed out of the church. You know, people thought it was crazy, uh, unless they thought maybe they were going to make some money at it. Like, oh, we can charge people to come see the witch, guys. There's Possibly. a witch. I don't know. So a lot of people still question what actually happened. Because the the Bell family is the primary source for all of the information, you know, it was um, it was really contained to the family as to what was going on. But the city of Adams proudly shares the legend, and it, some people claim that the spirits are still present in the area, and it might even be Kate. Very little is left of the original homestead, but there is a cave that was on the property at the time. It's very easily accessed, and a lot of people believe that you can talk to Kate herself. There. Yeah, so Mo and I are going to go visit this cave and do a podcast in the cave and talk to Kate. We're going to interview Kate. No, no, we're not. That'd be fun. I'm really glad you can't see my face right now. Oh, I can hear it. I can hear it in, in your voice, though. I think I just peeped a little. So, descendants of the Bells are still in the area, and when they have been asked if Kate returned, they're not sure. There's, you know, some people have said that some weird things have happened, but a lot of them just chalk it up to a legend, and, you know, oh, it was, it was a crazy thing, ha ha ha. But to kind of go back to John's death. Now, this is some of the digging that I kind of found. And there is a scientist and um, her name is Dr. Megan Mann from Austin Pay State University. She is an assistant professor of chemistry, and she uh, she became fascinated with the legend. And, you know, as a lot of people do, as we sit here talking about it in a podcast. But one of the things that she really became I guess, fascinated with, <laughs> I don't I, I keep using the same word there, but it was his death and his medical symptoms. And she said, you know, he was supposedly poisoned to death. He was given this vial of dark liquid. And she started looking into accounts of the haunting. Uh, there is a book by John's son, Richard called our family trouble, the story of the bell, witch of Tennessee which is out there that you can go and you can get and you can read. And his son, Richard, talked about all these symptoms that he was having. 
and they all sound very neurological. And it sounds like it could be something either with uh, biochemistry, toxicology, uh, any kind of medium that, you know, he could have gotten from a human, not necessarily a witch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he said trouble swallowing. His tongue felt weird, a weird twitching sensation in his face and uh, spasms throughout his body. And nowadays, that happened. You go to a doctor, they would run a bunch of tests on you. And usually they would end up sending you to a neurologist because it has to do with the nervous system, especially like the twitching and those types of things. What this sounds like is long-term arsenic poisoning, where he had been giving a little bit at a time over the years and then started slowly degrading his body. And what's more is if you throw arsenic in a fire, it burns blue. So Interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And um, so the other possibility could have been lead, but that was debunked because he would recover from his symptoms very quickly. And the heavy metal would have remained in the body much longer, continually building on itself. So that was debunked, and that leaves us with arsenic. That also explains the almost immediate death of the cats, because cats don't have a glyceronic acid conjugation metabolism. Those are, yeah, definitely words. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so humans have a metabolism that includes glyceronic acid, whereas cats don't. And that acid actually kind of prolonged the poisoning, whereas with the cat, it was immediate. So it allows the human body to quickly recover from small doses, but it can be fatal in doses as small as 0.3 grams. Lead's lethal dose is 21 grams. This is a third of a gram. And at the time, arsenic was widely available. Nowadays, not so much. But back then, you know, it could be found in nearly every barn. It was very common rodenticide. So mice, rats, etc. Kill them. Cats, apparently, too. And it also aligns with, the you know, everything going on in the story easily available so you have your opportunity and your means it uh was popular back then and uh at the time arsenic poisoning was such a popular thing that it actually got outlawed that it like you there was like a massive legal like you know if you kill someone normally you get one thing if you kill them with arsenic you're screwed So it was a very popular method of poisoning at the time as well. And, you know, you kind of add this all together. It looks like somebody had it out for him. They, you know, they had slaves. And, you know, potentially, you know, nobody really knows what exactly happened. But 
why was the ghost really nice to the mom and the youngest kid, but beat the crap out of Betsy and the old man? The, now, I could believe the whole ventriloquism thing, because, like, you know, upset wife, not, for some reason, not happy with the husband. Mm-hmm. Pulling this whole thing, and it's just like, yep, I'm gonna get rid of him. Here's how I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And then it also, it could have been someone outside the family, too. Someone, you know, he got excommunicated from the church. He apparently lent money with an extremely high rate of interest. So, you know, it could have been an outside person as well who just duped the whole family and then yeah. killed him. Plus, as you were kind of pointing out, if someone like or something like a ghost or a witch was like, here's, here's a vial. It's poison. Drink it. And I've I've never um I I completely lost what I was gonna say. Wonderful. <laughs> Good job. There it is. Yeah, nice. Anyway. Yeah, but like if you were asleep and a person came in the room and poured it down your throat. Yeah. You know, it's a little a little more likely. So yeah, that and uh well, actually what I was gonna say was Back then, ventriloquism wasn't really a popular, well-known thing, I don't think. So, like, if you learned how to do that, I'm sure you could freak out a lot of people and make them think you were a witch. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of things that you can do. You know, ripping the blankets off, you know, you could have hidden really well. You could have used wires Just crawl under their bed with your head sticking out at the foot. Yank the blanket and crawl mm-hmm. under. So there's a lot of ways that you could... Um, I'm sure fishing line was a thing, too. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Or at least some sort of, like, string that you couldn't really see. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot of ways that you could do that. The only thing, and I'm sure there's ways to do it, is, like, the, the slapping and the pinching. So... Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense. Don't understand that one. I mean, I'm sure... I don't know about back then, but do you ever have one of those claw gripper things? <laughs> yes so you like you could come up behind them and like pinch with that and like you would be hidden like behind a bookshelf or something like that and just like pinch but i don't know if they would have those back in the 1800s i feel like at some point here we're getting into tom and jerry territory so (laughs) well uh sort of the the legacy of the bell witch uh it has been said that it had a huge influence on the poltergeist film series there was found footage in the paranormal activity film series based off of the bell witch the witch back in 2015 was apparently very closely based on it and there's some aspects of the amityville horror which has been attributed to inspiration from the bell witch and then there are a ton of movies. The Blair Witch Project was apparently influenced by it. And then there are things like Bell Witch the Movie, The Bell Witch Legend, The Bell Witch Haunting, The Mark of the Bell Witch. So, you know, those are those are very People obviously... Like to make a movie out of a good ghost story. Yeah, they do. They do. The American Paranormal Television series Ghost Adventures filmed an episode in the cave... So you could just watch that instead of us visiting. There is Yeah, but it'd be fun if we visited though. Or not. Yeah. 
Uh, there was a documentary episode on the town and the legend of Adams for the series called Boogeymen, Monsters Among Us. There was an American television series called Cursed, The Bell Witch. And in 2018, the Travel Channel series Haunted Live featured a paranormal investigative team going to Adams to where the descendants of the family lived. Expedition X also explored caves in Middle Tennessee and the legend in 2020. So that is just television and film. It's also highly influenced music, theater, books out the wazoo, to be honest. So it's something that, again, when it's unsolved, it just sort of builds and builds. And, you know, things get added or changed over time and people become fascinated with it. So and sort of like the whole uh, phone game where it's like you tell one story to someone, they get things mixed up and tell it differently to someone else. And it just goes spirals out of control from there. Yeah. So who knows what really happens? Yeah. But I think it's an interesting story. I think it's, it's different <laughs> and it's definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this little town, this little tiny speck on the map is famous because of something that happened. What? <sighs> 200 years ago. Something like that. Roughly. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, because it's 2022, and this happened in 1804 through 1828. So that must be 200 years. That's a long time. That is a long time. So That sounds that, crazy how numbers work. That is crazy how numbers work. But that is the end of our story today. And I will say that we did have a couple fun things happening with the podcast we officially have been listed on all the major podcast outlets. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We started a website and a merch store. I would like to get a domain name, but this is still very new to us. So we are working our way through it all. But we, I will also try to include a link in the description so that you can easily just click it. Yeah, if you want to get some logo merchandise, that is all we have available currently. But I have some ideas from other things to be adding to the merch store. And we will have another story next week. So thank you guys for listening very much. And we will be releasing every Thursday. So I hope you guys tune in next week. Do you want to say goodbye, Krakow? I mean, I could. I could. It would be polite of me to do. Thank you for listening. Hey, bye.